0: enough doctor to perform the podcast where science meets spontaneous improvised comedy and on today's podcast we're joined by a man fully capable of doing both science and comedy it's a man who's taken maths to the edinburgh fringe festival and an expert in all things mathematics and string theory it's dr jock McCorist. jock welcome to the podcast thank you very much for having me so, Jock, first of all, tell us about your endeavours to make maths funny at the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, I appreciate it was a few years ago
1: now, but how was the experience? Phenomenal. Uh, it was the full Fringe experience. We started off, first of all, having to sell tickets to our own show, yeah. uh, which you know was, was great fun, meeting members of the public and telling them a bit about what you were going to do, and that's quite interesting. It's good to see the, uh, the reactions, it's not complete horror. Yeah. Uh, and then we sold out, so that was good. Oh, wow. And um, So you didn't have a problem
0: selling maths then?
1: No, well, there were other people doing other things oh, as well, okay. so that, that certainly helps. Um, so there were about six of us doing, doing a single show over an hour or so. Yeah. And uh, the audience seemed to enjoy themselves.
0: This is always good news now, I understand that part of your set revealed whether being good at maths can help a teenager boy uh, sorry a teenage boy to get a girlfriend
1: so out of interest, what was the conclusion on this front i uh, don 't do string theory to get a girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> It is not a good pickup line okay Have you ever tried that pickup line? no uh, well, maybe no i don 't think I have actually, but um, I can think of no, I can't think of <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we'll, we'll assume that That hasn't been tried out then Yeah, yeah, yeah. it hasn't been tried out yet okay. that's, uh, that's fair Have
0: any of your maths friends or fellow Maths associates ever had An embarrassing story of that nature?
1: No, I mean the key skill you learn Is to convey what you do without the conversation Completely dying okay. um, So that's, that's a constant Challenge and so you've got to figure out different ways Of making it less Intimidating than what people think
0: fair enough Um, and have you continued your comedy endeavours I was wondering if it's possible to make string theory which you specialise in funny beyond just the Edinburgh Fringe have you you done any other shows or things like that
1: well I've done a few the uh, stand-up comedies um, in the local area so through Bright Club um, and uh, some in London but only very sporadically Um, but I think it's always a good thing to do and I think you can make any topic funny you know, there's always human yeah. to be had. Um, and actually, I think, so Richard Feynman, who was a physicist mm. in the yeah, 50s, yeah. so he was sort of famous for playing practical jokes, and, and he was also a brilliant physicist. And he said basically, if you don't, can't explain something simply, then you don't understand it. And you could just uh, paraphrase that slightly if you can't explain yeah. something simply funny, then you don't <sighs> understand it. Well, we like that. That is the ethos
0: of the podcast, so you're in the right place. Um, so you've done stand-up comedy, Jock. Um, have you ever done improvisation before? No, no, no. I've done no improv before. In fact, I've only ever seen it once or twice. Okay, great. So all very improv new. debut about to begin. Yeah. And stringing us along on this episode, we have our science expert, Dr Radu Spuria and improviser, Johnny Bryars, who, like myself, is a member of improv group Left Foot First. Uh, welcome, Johnny and Radu. Hello. Hello. Oh, unison. Great stuff. <laughs> Uh, So Radu, as an engineer, I guess the contribution of maths to your discipline is a bit like Shakespeare's contribution to English, i.e. pretty damn important. So were you ever tempted to study maths as a pure discipline? Not
2: directly. Um, You you do get to apply maths um, constantly, but it's just because, as they say, it's the language of science, it's the language of engineering. You can't really do it without. Um, But I appreciate there are very complex kinds of maths I don't touch ever. I understand. And um, to what extent have you explored string theory,
0: either as an interest or professionally? I've read a couple of um, science books uh, a while back. Oh, this, this sounds uh, convincing. Yeah, <laughs> I have read a couple of science books. <laughs> <laughs> this is good to know. Uh, And moving on to you, Johnny. Your background outside of improv is obviously in computer science. I say obviously, but it is. That's a fact. Um, Where, again, uh, maths also plays an important role. So I I wondered if you have any memorable experiences or moments from maths classes from when you were at school. Hmm. I suppose not.
3: But I did do a bit of string theory research once in physics. Ah. Where we had... Our assignment was to do a presentation on anything physics-related that we hadn't already studied, and I chose string theory because that sounded cool and exciting. Turns out it's complicated, and I couldn't find much that I understood, so most of my PowerPoint was uh, playing around with the animations of words appearing on the screen, and uh, if I remember correctly, there was <laughs> an animation of uh, someone running away from a giant ball of string
0: because they didn't understand it. That, uh, that sums up my academic <laughs> <laughs> This is great. I mean, I wish we could incorporate that into the podcast somehow. And maybe that will come out in the improbable Maybe later. it will. Well, it's time for our first science section, which today looks at string theory, which is one of Jock's primary areas of maths research. So, Jock, perhaps you can begin by giving us an introduction to string theory. I think there's two components to this, what string theory is and how the theory developed. So perhaps we could start with the former. Right,
1: so the question is probably... a. a is at at some level quite simple. Um, You want to ask yourself, uh, is there a fundamental building block for everything in the universe? Mm. And So what do I mean by that? So, We know that in this podcast we have bits of electronic devices and at some level these are made up of atoms and we then ask the question what are atoms made up of and you know the answer to that they're made up of protons, neutrons and electrons. And you keep asking this question, you know, what a protons made up of. Uh, and it turns out that has an answer too. Uh, they're made up of something called a quark. And as you keep asking this question, you get to simpler and simpler quantities. Mm. So an electron is vastly simpler, simpler than the complex interactions that go into making a microphone. Mm. And uh, you just keep asking the question, is there something that makes up quarks? Um, is there something with which makes up everything? So this turns out to potentially have an answer. And the reason I say potentially is we haven't actually got an experiment that verifies this, but the idea of string theory is that yes, everything is made up of one thing. And that one thing is a tiny vibrating loop of string. Um, And depending on which way that string vibrates, um, it changes its macroscopic property. So, like, so just like you pluck a guitar string, different harmonics give you different musical notes. A string, a fundamental string, can vibrate in different ways, and it may, depending on its particular harmonic, the particular way it's plucked, so to speak, look like an electron, it may look like a proton, it may look like um, some type of quark. So the idea is very simple in, the, in that sense, but the mathematics is very complicated you want to build something that's self-consistent, and you, it needs to be consistent with relativity, and that Einstein's theory of relativity that is, and doing that um, leads to a very complicated system of equations, with which you need some very sophisticated mathematics to go about solving. Um, so that's roughly speaking the idea of string theory. Is is there a fundamental theory of, of physics, uh, and it, it it has an interesting history. So how did it develop? It develops. Um, to solve another problem. So, in the 60s and 70s, people were interested in particle interactions between, um, uh, well, essentially, atoms in some way. And the thing about this theory is that unless you're at very high energies, so unless you're like spinning these things around close to the speed of light, uh, the interactions are very strong. They're very hard to understand. So, you, you have, um the forces between them are very strong. And because they're very strong, um, theoretically that ends up meaning that they're hard to understand. And so people developed this sort of um, mishmash of a model to describe these interactions. It kind of worked, not really. um, And it wasn't until a couple of years later that people realised this mishmash of a model actually describes something completely different. It describes particles and it describes gravity. And that gave birth then to what then became known as string theory. Um, So the the development was really, we want to solve some other problem, didn't quite work, but actually it solves this problem.
0: Ah, very interesting. And how, in terms of the development of string theory, how confident are people involved that that is the end of the scale in terms of matter as we know it, where you, you referred to the smallest quantities that we know how at what point do you stop defining things and string theory and the string, right. as we alluded to, becomes the very last, you know, the
1: measure that, that you can take? Yeah. Well, I mean, you could ask just the the, the question is, how do you know? Is it correct? Can you, can you see a string? Um, and experimentally, we we don't know the answer to that at all. It's too hard. So we need a big enough accelerator um, to smash particles around. Faster than anything we have on the planet Earth, and it's just well beyond our means at the moment. But, you know, there may be hope that so that there may be hope through experiments in cosmology where you can look back to the Big Bang, look Mm. back to the early universe, and there they have in the early universe there were just stupendous energy scales involved. Um, So we might see some signature, some artifact of string theory being present in the early universe. So, so that's one place to, to look if we can't do it here. Yeah, But aside from that, people are relatively confident. First of all, it's the only theory around. Nothing hmm. else actually works. And what we've learned in science over the past couple of hundred years is if something's mathematically and self-consistent, then if it's not correct, it's pretty close. Right. Um, so the people are relatively confident that it may not be the correct answer but yeah. it's actually going to tell us something about the universe. so we're on the right track, the right at, track. At, at a minimum basically it's worth pursuing because yeah. we'll,
0: we'll learn something interesting interesting so one aspect of your research, Jock looks at string compatifications which include the solution to the problem of how to turn a ten-dimensional theory into realising our observed four-dimensional universe which is easier said than done I should imagine so I guess string theory is a theoretical interpretation of our universe, but I wondered how do you find that balance between essentially the abstract uh, and the real, and indeed can the abstract, in the way of the mathematical theory we've just been discussing, can that change our perception of what's real, if that isn't too philosophical a question?
1: Um, I think it's sort of, it's a little bit the answer that we were just talking about, in that um, we're developing these, Techniques, these mathematical techniques, to solve these very hard equations, and it's it's come up with a model, and the model may or may not tell us about something in the universe, but irrespective of what happens there, the techniques that are, and the models that have been developed have some uh, are mathematically self-consistent, and so they may well be useful elsewhere. Um, yeah, and this is a in, in science, this is a hugely productive thing to do yeah. where you think about interdisciplinary pursuits. You take technology developed in or, or formalism developed in, in one area and apply it in another area and it, it works because the thing is self-consistent. So I you know I think that um, irrespective of experiment there is something to be had. Yeah. And in fact people have already been doing this. So there's people takes have been taking techniques from string theory and applying them in other contexts, for example. In various aspects of condensed matter theory, um, which is the physics of, uh, well, you know, so solid-state electronics is an example of condensed matter. Physics.
0: Interesting. Well, as an, as an electronics engineer, Radu, do, does things like this excite you? Is this a, a new avenue of the future of electronics in some shape or form?
2: I think uh, everyone should be excited, to be perfectly honest, because um, We've seen time and time again that technology will take advantage of every bit of new understanding of science. So these days, it's all about manipulating minute quantities of electricity and light and things like that to do very, almost outrageous things, quite separate from conventional um, perception of of reality. And I think the more we understand, or at least the more we, we are able to model Fairly accurately, what actually happens at the tiniest bits of the universe, the better we are placed to actually make new things that give us new properties. Very good. Now I have to ask you, Jock, as
0: I often walk past your office uh, at the University of Surrey, I, I see you working away, you um, know, in, in a beaverish fashion. If that's the right adjective, maybe it isn't, but working diligently on large and complex formulas. So, if, if you were to ever resolve string theory, if, if such a thing. Can be possible. What would you do to celebrate?
1: What would I do to celebrate? Um, probably write a grant application. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean uh, that, that certainly beats going to the pub. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it, it would involve yeah going to the pub would be the first, step. but um, yeah, it, solving string theory is such a, it's a it's a it's hard to convey how big the yes. field is. It, yeah. It's huge. So it's not like there's just one single problem to solve. In fact, it's sort of branched out to many many different fields. So it's it's almost like saying there's physics there's math and there's sort of string theory yes. that's encompassing all of these different areas. So um, if I were to make a breakthrough in my particular little like sub 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 section of that field then yeah I'd be a very happy camper. Very
0: cool. Okay, well, we'll come on to that subsection uh, later in the podcast hopefully. But that does bring us to the end of our first science section and I think it's time to play our first improv game which today is director's cut. In this game, I will play the director and my actors, Johnny, Radu and Jock, will act out an improvised scene for me. When I call cut, however, I will ask our superstar actors to replay the scene, but with some extra changes requested by me, the director. So, as we've been talking about string theory, I'd like that to be the theme of this scene. But to give it some initial grounding, uh, let's have it set in a gym. So, an improvised scene, inspired by string theory, set in a gym. So... Johnny Radu and jock. Take it away.
3: (sighs) Okay. Got to train for this marathon. You know, we've all got to train for this marathon. None of us are very fit. The marathon's in a week's time. How are we gonna do it? I'll be honest, I've never set
1: foot in a gym before. I don't really know how to use any of this equipment. That's right. Well, so, um, a good thing is we don't have to do gymnastics here because
2: I'm even worse at gymnastics. Oh, me too. I can't do backflips, save my life. Mm, yeah. Uh, what about you, Radhi? Uh, I've seen backflips done in marathons, but I think it's for the wrong reasons, so I think we should avoid that. Okay. Uh, we're, we're, in, we're in luck. What can we do, though, to, to take advantage of all the equipment? Let's do you know see. how these things work?
3: I mean, we've got treadmills, but I don't know how those are going to help. Um,
1: cross trainers. None of these things are about running. Right. Um, So it's it's not like we can take Form of fitness in one pursuit And apply it somewhere else I I don't know Maybe we are glad to do some gymnastics after all
0: Hi uh, gentlemen very sorry to interrupt you I saw you looking at our uh, selection of Training facilities here Mm -hmm. at the gym Um, Couldn't help but notice That perhaps you might want to try out The new facility we've got Which is the string theory trainer Oh Well if it's new it must be good Well, that is the logic we like to run on here. Is it expensive? (laughs) Um, Well, uh, I have recently submitted a grant application for it, and I'm waiting to hear back if I've been successful, but I've taken the liberty of buying the machine in the meantime. Um, But one of the perks of the machine uh, is you're able to run, you're able to adapt your run at the most microscopic level possible, so you're able to run in the most
1: efficient way. So you're you're, you're understanding the fundamentals of running. Exactly that exactly that sir yes wow. so is there like a is there sort of a one running style with which we can build up all the other running styles uh, yes so by adopting the string theory machines
0: approach to running normal running at the at the normal level will become way easier and you'll do that marathon in so no time so we we'll understand human human movement in a very basic fashion yes exactly that one downside to the string uh, string machine is it's still a prototype uh-huh. Uh, so there is a chance that your limbs will become string. Right. Right. Well, if it's only a small chance,
3: then I suppose it's fine. What, what sort of percentage are we talking here?
0: Well, one of the things of, of the machine is that it can compute the risk. Oh, and, great. Um, I mean, it's saying four over three. Four over three? Well, I was never very good at maths, but
1: uh, that sounds good to me, so I'm going to jump straight in. Plus there's three of us. Exactly. So nothing can go wrong. Mm. So, if three of us use the machine, then four of us will get legs upstream?
0: Yes, that's right, yes.
1: Well, so the odds are unbeatable. Right. All right. right. That's well, like I guess we have two legs, so... Is it just two legs, or one leg that gets... Oh, that's question.
0: Um, to be honest, the odds were such that I decided not to use the machine. Right. Right, well,
3: okay. it sounds good to me, and we need to... You know we've got to train for this marathon, so I'm going to jump straight in here. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing yeah. I just jump into the machine. Is that correct? Yeah.
0: Um, yes, you have to become um, a theoretical physical entity.
3: Right. Okay. Well, I guess I'll just. But the machine you... covers that. Okay. So right. You just get yeah. into the machine. I'll just uh, I'll okay. just jump in and see how yeah. how it treats me. Here we go. Yeah.
0: Huh.
2: No. cut.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, that was the the first initiation of uh, of our of our scene there, which was fantastic, but. Um, As the director slash actor, I I like to mix it up and get involved sometimes Mm. Um, I felt there was some room for improvement in our scene Um, So, Jock, I think your character could do with some changes Um, So I'd like you, as an Australian, to see your character behave more like fellow Aussie Hugh Jackman (laughs) Okay Um, So that's that's an inspiration I'm looking for Uh, Think of drawing on X-Men and think of drawing on Lameez Rob. How good's your musical theatre knowledge? Uh, 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 zero. Zero. Great. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. I, I I'm I'm okay with Lameez, so we'll get it in somehow. Um, and beyond that, I think Radu and Johnny, we can uh, expand the scene, uh, keeping with the Australian theme, to make it inspired more by neighbours. So I want more of a soap theme okay. to this. So we're going to incorporate Hugh Jackman. Right. In his various guises right. Jock looks very worried That's fine And uh, we're going to incorporate Neighbours So, same scene um, I was actually really worried about the Neighbours bit Hugh Jackman Oh, it's he's down This is confidence right here <laughs> I'm excited to see I've the scene I've never there. seen Neighbours No, well never mind Because <coughs> we're about to, we have to see it improvised <laughs> And that's what counts So, the same scene again uh, But we playing with those inspirations Take it away G'day Mate So here today at the gym
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. you got this marathon coming up? Yep. Yeah. No, we'll be right. Don't need to train. You think? Yeah, we just turn up and do it. we got this string theory machine over here. Ah. Well, that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. Just, um, it just sorts us all out.
3: Okay. Radu, what do you think? So, Ryan, right. What's the danger? Oh,
1: that's a good question. I wonder if there's anyone around here who will help us. Uh, we, we'd, you know. It is just going to give you a probability. Probabilities, you know, that's, that's just statistics, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Red, the blood of angry men. Black, the night the shines out there. G'day, mates. Just uh, quoting from an inspirational piece of theatre. Uh, because we like to inspire you at the gym. Oh, uh, thank you. No, no, no problem. Crikey, mate. Um, just that's, that's my job is to inspire and to train. Now, talking of training... Um, new piece of equipment has come in um, oh, fantastic well oh, okay. it's, it is crikey mate it's it's pretty pretty it's beam, pretty, it's pretty good it's, it's exactly that like what well, it's that gas there yep um, what it does is it trains you at the most microscopic level that's possible ah oh, so, like a, a jelly to a kangaroo oh that is an excellent analogy yeah, excellent 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 um, exactly and um Yeah, like, it's almost like if in revolutionary France we were to give weapons to people, it would be like the weapons for the French people to go and bring down the government. That is not an analogy that I understand. (laughs) Okay, sorry about the I mean, i just like to refer to musical theatre for inspiration because it's important to be inspired at the gym. Ah, that's wicked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what does this machine do? Yeah, the machine. So basically, it it, it trains you to get better at running by Uh um, really just... Focusing your training at the microscopic level, so then when you do the bigger training, um, oh, yeah. you just uh, will. Uh, then train my chest. Uh, I made, need to get my chest be, bigger. Yeah. Oh, your chest, your chest will be off the scale once you've done this. Got this film X men coming up. I've oh, you yeah. though. Oh, that's that's pretty. That's pre- crikey. That's pretty. That's pretty big, right? Oh, awesome. yeah, yeah. So that's
1: what the claws are for. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. yeah by oh, the way, wow. those, those they extract. So, like,
0: a press button here and they come out. That's pretty wicked, man. Oh, right. By the way, we don't allow weapons in the gym. Oh, right. We're going to let you off because you're you're, wi- you're willing to try the new machine for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my hands are a lethal weapon, so I'll leave them behind oh. next time. I like it. Okay, never, never. That's cool. So, would you like to have a go on the machine?
3: I think I would. Uh, before I do, let me introduce you to my mate, uh, my neighbour actually, oh, Your neighbour, mate. Oh, good night, yeah.
0: mate. Hey, mate. Well, yeah. we're all neighbours,
1: right? Of oh, course, we're all yeah. neighbours. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you yeah, Why is he? He's causing a bit of a scene here. Seems yeah. to be kicking off for no apparent yeah. reason.
2: Yeah, Craig. I mean, it's it's half an hour to the marathon. What do we do? Uh,
0: oh, we've well, we been here for a week. Oh, well, luckily, the string theory machine has a, has a way of dealing with it. Well, I, better, I better jump straight in there. One caveat. Yeah. Um, so the string theory machine, um, it, it, it can make, um, when you go on it, it, it can make you um, just just sing insistently songs from popular Western shows. Mm-hmm. So there's a four in three chance that if you go on it, you'll just sing Western-themed uh, uh, musicals. Forevermore, and there's no way of stopping there. That's a one-way process. Right. Oh, I love a good fridge. Imagine that's just what you needed. Uh, okay, so uh, I mean, uh, you, you can you can jump on it. Um, if you get stuck in the machine, there's an emergency code. It's two four six zero one. Okay. Uh, that's a Western reference. I actually got that one. Do you want to have a go? I suppose I'll have to jump in. Okay. Well, I'm going to hand you over to my assistant, Corset. Who uh, will will guide you through? Um, so, Cosette. No, no, she's 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 not available. So, oh, no. uh, okay. So, oh, no. how annoying! She's back in France actually. Apparently, oh, on holiday. No. So, uh, it's uh,
1: that's a shame. Got any weapons?
0: Um, yeah, she's she's got that machine which just executes people. Just oh, get me right. headed straight up.
1: Oh, yep, yep, yeah. Well, my, my claws are good as well. Oh, wicked, man. she yes. wants to borrow them, then let me know. Those claws? I mean, this is what neighbours are for. Oh, exactly. We look after each exactly other. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, are you heading back to Ramsey Street anytime? soon? Oh, straight, straight away, man. Do you,
0: um, why don't you jump in the string theory machine? Yeah, it'll take it, me straight there. And uh, What it can do, it can take you anywhere. It's uh, but I might have to sing, that's what we say. If there's a four to three chance, you'll go to the wrong place. You could end up yeah. on Correlation right. Street. Yeah, that would be
1: bad. It
2: would be bad. Go on, jump in. Alright, I'm jumping in. And I
0: think that was either the Star Wars theme tune or the Neighbours theme tune. T- or the Coronation tune. It was Coronation Stream. stream. Oh, I was, I was okay.
3: teasing. I didn't quite get the, the pitch right, I'm sorry, guys. That's okay. I'm sure in the
0: podcast it will sound brilliant. I might just edit in the actual theme tune. Please do, please do. <laughs> well, that was uh, our first improv game. And thank you very much, Jock, for your uh, improv, debut There, that was awesome. Well, it's now time for the second science section of the show, which looks at the potential applications of string theory in weather. So this is another of your research interests, Jock. But before we get onto the topic, I wondered if you could give us a quick insight into how mathematics, in the broader scheme of things, has improved our understanding of weather.
1: So you know, it's, um, this is an example of uh, what we were talking about before that the technology developed in one area can often be used in another, and so there's a lot of what we'd say geometric um, formalism used in string theory, uh, in particular in solving this the question of string compactification, i.e. turning a ten-dimensional universe into a four-dimensional universe that we, we know and love. And so that, that those geometric techniques, uh, have recently been realized to also allow us to understand certain equations that come out of predicting the weather. So then there's a question oh, um, can I take all of this stuff that I know in this sort of fancy string theory language and use it to understand the equations uh, of the weather, or can I understand things like storm formation? Um, so this is the, the basic idea. Of the researchers take these two ideas and stick them together and see what happens. Uh, But it's very early days, but we're relatively optimistic that something will come out. Interesting. So one aspect of the research, which I believe you've
0: been undertaking, um, is aimed at increasing the understanding of turbulence theory. So before we go into that, can you talk a little bit more about what we mean by turbulence theory? So in
1: uh, I'm a a (laughs) semi-amateur, but so uh, this is all set in the context of fluid. So imagine a river flowing down, and a river is a fluid. And what is turbulence? Turbulence is where you get random eddies, for example, uh, in the river. So there might be something stuck in the middle of the river and off that flow, around that that object stuck in the river, um, a a little um, flow is turbulent flow. So actually the river isn't a bad example because if you look closely at the type of turbulence that comes off the object stuck in the river, it's composed of, Little eddies, and these eddies can sometimes be thought of as uh, vortices. Okay, so like mm. um, little tornadoes. And if you think about turbulence in this way, that it's composed at a fundamental level again, you know, think about building blocks here. The building blocks of turbulence are, are vortices. Um, then the question becomes: Can we understand vortical solutions of the equations describing this fluid? Um, and with in the context. Of the weather, um, a storm from f- front is an example of a turbulent flow. Like if you're in a storm, the wind comes from all sorts of directions, there's nothing organized about it. And the idea is that that turbulence is fundamentally built up of these vortices. And it's those vortices that are described by the geometry that um, is used in string fabrications. So, this is roughly speaking the picture um, of understanding turbulence with. The Stream theory technology. Interesting. So there seems to be something of a contradiction
0: here, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in, in terms of the fact that turbulence by its nature is volatile and unpredictable, um, there may actually be a way of, of applying sort of underlying order to turbulence, which can presumably be predetermined and actually
1: calculated. In, in some way. So um, what, I, what we could tell you is that turbulence is made up of these vortices at a fundamental level. But maybe what's really hard to say is how they interact with each other. So two vortices come together and they bounce off each other. That is probably a very hard question to answer. Hmm. So there's, there, there's, there's, there is there's an underlying order to what seemingly looks like chaotic behaviour, but um, get, actually figuring out that order is, is probably quite difficult. So could some of the research you're doing around this have
0: practical applications in the real world, whether in, uh, I mean, we're all used to turbulence on planes. If we can predict that yeah. more, would that be beneficial to the airline industry? Uh, we talked about at the river example. Yeah. Again, if we could use that to perhaps help shipping,
1: yeah, would, yep. would that be something? Yeah, I mean, like, so understanding turbulence is an extraordinarily difficult maths question. So, in fact, the the Clay Maths Institute have a million dollar prize to anyone that can understand uh, the equations describing fluid flows and which turbulence is one so any understanding is going to be good and it's probably going to be widely applicable um, so it's too early days to say exactly how this would be used if in fact we can make some progress but I think we will um, but I'm relatively confident it will be widely applicable. Be just because at the moment we don't really have many analytical tools to understand these these difficult um, uh, difficult equations very interesting Radu, as a um, as a
0: man always up for a for a challenge, would resolving a million dollar prize mathematical opportunity interest you? Yes, but perhaps a different mathematical opportunity, <laughs> <laughs> not just this one. yet. Mm-hmm. I suppose what's interesting, Jock, is for um, someone with your ability at maths, um, this is obviously a very like refined area and I wonder how you fell into something like this kind of particular avenue is it something that
1: was always of interest or something that kind of the, developed a uh, weather interest mm. um well so you know uh, we can't help with the obsessed about weather it's hmm. um, <laughs> um, a man living in, uh, in the UK yeah yeah but um it, it was really just sort of um various things falling together and so there's a group here at Surrey and, um that study PDEs and in particular fluids and Ian Rulston, who is also here um, has been one of the key architects of making the connection between geometry and turbulence and fluid dynamics. So it was just being in the right place at the right time I guess that sparked the interest. So
0: it's time for our second improv game of the show and that is Unexpected Script. In this game Johnny and Jock will be acting out a scene. Radu's character in this scene has an unexpected script can only read lines from the introduction page of Jock's research paper, Dynamical Vacuum Selection in String Theory. So, (laughs) Jock, before we go any further, could you give us a very brief synopsis, uh, synopsis even, of what this research paper is about?
1: So, this is a paper from, well, a few years ago now, so it's hard to remember exactly how the story goes. So, this is a, a way of understanding how you can have different solutions in string theory, and how... String theory might prefer one of those solutions, so to speak, over another. Um, So it's a bit like putting a ball on a Russian roulette and trying to figure out can you predict where that ball will land? Ah, That that would be a useful skill to have if you were playing. Yeah, very much so.
0: So So your fortune could actually lie in. Casino gambling in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this the real reason you're doing all this? Yeah, well, you know, yeah. <laughs> We've got to keep that between you and I. Wow, the secrets are out here on Jed Top. Um, okay, well, that's great. Um, so let's use this uh, introduction page from your uh, research paper um, as the script from which Radu's character will read from. And we're going to pick a random word from the same research paper to inspire the scene. And we'll go with, let's have a look at the paper, we're going to go with supersymmetry which will be the starting point. Uh, I guess this is a a terminology within string theory. Do you you want to quickly, in as brief a time as possible, explain what super... Super symmetry.
1: So super symmetry is... So what's a symmetry? A symmetry tells you that one thing is the same as another. Um, And so super symmetry says for every particle I see, there is another one that is um, symmetric in some way. So our bodies have left-right symmetric, the left side is roughly the same as our right side. And so it says every particle you know, has a supersymmetric partner. And um, why well, is this useful? Well, whenever you have symmetries, equations become easier to solve. Very good. Okay. Well, that was a, a
0: very concise introduction to supersymmetry. But supersymmetry is the word we're going to use to start this scene. And as a reminder, you can only read from the first page the introduction of the research paper. So... Johnny and Jock, super symmetry. Take a take a scene away, off you go. Okay. You you
3: have the most symmetrical, beautiful face I have ever seen in my life. In my 30 years as a plastic surgeon. It's even it's a super Yeah. It's it's so symmetric, it's super. It's like a superpower. Yeah, or Um, a superhero. Yeah. Except it's symmetry. Yeah. I just wanna make sure you're not gonna use these
1: powers for evil. No, no. All I will do is be able to write left-handed and right-handed at the same time. Okay, oh, that'd be dexterous. That's right, except now we call it super symmetric this Wow. Uh, you're possibly, I don't know why you want to have plastic surgery though. Well, so my ear, is not, on my left. Is not quite the same as oh, my ear. Um, Mr. Right. Mr. Lambert,
0: so sorry to interrupt, but your mm-hmm. consultant is here for the appointment. So I, I thought I'd just bring him into the room so oh, yeah. he can help you advise today with the uh, the said consultation. Brilliant.
3: Okay. Um, so, yes, uh, Mr. Stevens, is it? <laughs> I think that was a yes. Uh, here we have a patient who is the most symmetrical man I've ever seen.
2: Uh, Under mild assumptions, the system ends up in a metastable vacuum. Yeah, I completely agree,
3: and... uh, So that means we're neither here nor there. Exactly. Um, And I I don't want that to happen after my surgery. No, that won't happen. In fact, you'll be even more beautiful
1: than you are now. I want to be in a real vacuum. Right, okay. Well, you could also call it a hoover. Yeah, so you want to be inside one? Well, you you know, it may be, as long as it's
3: it's not metastable. Okay, and why, why, why do you want that so much? Why is that your desire? Because I want to be stable. Okay, and this has to do with... And with my ears. Ring, 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 ring. Sorry, I've got to take this call. I know this is unprofessional.
0: Uh, hello? Hi, I had some plastic surgery last week in a metastable vacuum, and I now can't see my face. Uh, okay, have you tried using a mirror? Well, I did, and it's not there. Oh, okay. Um, I'm afraid I'm gonna to have to call you
3: back. Oh, great, thanks. Uh, hi, Mr. Stevens. I just had a awkward conversation. Seems like with a, bit a turbulence going on here. Yeah, you can say that again. Uh, I just had a frightening
2: conversation with a patient there. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard. Could you help? Uh, the purpose of this paper is to discuss an example of a mini landscape of this sort, mm-hmm. focusing on the question of dynamic vacuum selection.
3: Okay, this has certainly been a dynamic day. You know. There's been highs and lows, straight away. Uh, You've had a landscape of highs and lows. Yeah, it's been a tough one. Um, If it's okay, I just like a bit of time to myself. Is that okay? Ring ring.
0: Ring ring. Sorry, I'm going to have to take this. Hello? Hi! You're through to Bob. Have you ever considered dynamic vacuum selection? At Vacuums R Us, we have a range of vacuums in different sizes, shapes, and colours. let's I'm having a tough day. <sighs> but our vacuums are so dynamic, they would help you with any possible application. Uh, you know what, if it's
3: going to make someone happy, Bob, if I'm not going to be happy, someone else would be. I'll take ten. Thank you. I will send them to your...
2: Practition! ASAP! Thank you. Mr. Stevens. do you need a vacuum for any reason? Uh, We'll see that the early universe dynamics drives the system to a metal-stable state. I'll take that as a yes. Do you want more too? Yeah, um, yeah. so I mean, if we have
1: 10, then we have probably get a landscape Uh of vacuum, and we can just pick one. Yeah, and you can get inside one. Yeah, well, no, we're going to dynamically, we're not statically picking, we're going to dynamically pick one of those vacuums, Yeah. and it will hopefully a Henry Let's see <laughs> there we go
0: a um, <laughs> clinical appointment interrupted by a vacuum cleaning sale who'd have thought but that is the, the beauty of improv um, only in that kind of even in string theory things like that don't happen uh, <laughs> only, only yeah, I, 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 can, I can verify that <laughs> <laughs> Well, sadly, that does bring us to the end of today's podcast. Today, we've learned about string theory, that turbulence isn't necessarily turbulent, and that Hugh Jackman really does sell string theory machines in a gym. (laughs) My thanks to our guest, Dr. Jock McCorris, for joining us today. I'm Mark
2: Richardson. Join us again soon for another episode of Just Enough Doctorate to Perform.